0: The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Now, there aren't many authors who can say that they have sold more than 300 million. Copies, More than a quarter of a billion copies of their various fiction and non-fiction works. My next guest can say that he is the author of his latest book, which is Next in Line, How Do You Protect the World's Most Famous Woman? Which is the fifth in the William Warwick series by, of course, uh, Geoffrey Archer. And we are going to talk about the book. But given that Geoffrey Archer um, had a, a significant career in politics as well as in writing, we do need to discuss, I think, the kind of situation that UK politics is in. Morning, Geoffrey.
1: Good morning.
0: Tell us what your take is, because you were at one point a favourite of Margaret Thatcher's, and the most recent prime minister, by all accounts, modelled herself on Margaret Thatcher. How well has she emulated her?
1: Well, uh, let's. You should never try and emulate yourself on someone else. You should be your own person. Uh, Margaret was Margaret. Winston Churchill was Winston Churchill and whoever gets the job should be that person. They shouldn't try and be someone else. Uh, but the honest answer to your question is, she did nothing like Margaret Thatcher. Uh, I had the privilege and honor of working for Margaret for 11 years, uh, and she's among the most remarkable human beings I've ever worked for, and uh, Liz cross is no Margaret Thatcher.
0: What do you think Margaret Thatcher would make of the current state of the Conservative Party and the current state of
1: UK politics? She would love it. And I'll tell you why she would love it. Because she would come in and do something about it. She loved it when things were down. She loved a challenge. I once said to her, which would you rather be, Prime Minister? President of Russia or President of the United States? And I, she said, I'd rather be President of Russia, Jeffrey." I said, why, Prime Minister? And she said... So much more of a challenge. (laughs) So she would have, in, in one way, she'd have been appalled. I think that's what your question was seeking, appalled by the state the Conservative Party has got itself into. But if she was coming out of nowhere, she would have loved the challenge.
0: Is the challenge achievable? I mean, you were, you were senior in the back room offices of, of the Conservative Party for um, some time. If you were sitting chairing meetings saying, OK, how do we dig our way out of this? Is there any visible route?
1: I think the British people, after they've had a party for a certain period of time, uh, when I had the privilege of serving Margaret Thatcher and John Major, it was 17 years. They threw us out. They've had enough. At the next election, it will be 14 years. I suspect they're going to throw us out. They've had enough. The only thing the new leader can hope to do is stop it being an absolute rout and get it down to figures that uh, one can live with and believe you can fight back from. But to answer your question, that ain't going to be easy.
0: No, and particularly when, if you look back at the, the Thatcher major period, yes, there was a, a weariness with the Conservative government and there was a resentment over some policies, but there was an underlying assumption, at least, of base competence, even if you didn't agree with the ideology. Whereas the sense now is that it is just rife with complete shambolic incompetence. That's a very difficult thing to go back to the electorate and say, look, we've learned our lesson.
1: Well, if we get the right leader and they spend two years and the party pull together, and now I come to the important thing, the sentence, the party pull together, we can lessen the blow. But let me remind you, because you've been around for a long time, you old sody, <laughs> let me remind you, and you're speaking to an 82-year-old, so between us, let me remind you that when John Major stood against Douglas Hurd, and Michael Heseltine, the day after John was chosen as leader of the party and prime minister of our country, Michael Heseltine and Douglas Hurd got behind him and backed him. And hold your breath, two years later, no coincidence, two years later, the Conservative Party won by 32 seats. So it's not impossible, but where you're right is if this, shambles continues, we'll not only lose, we'll deserve to lose.
0: Well, let me ask you one final question on politics before we get on to the discussion about the book. Who's the right leader?
1: Well, the nation's in a financial mess. By the way, most of the world is at the moment, but Britain is in a financial mess. We have a man who's been chief secretary to the Treasury, which John Major told me was the toughest job he ever did. We have a man who's been Chancellor of the Exchequer, which John Major told me was the second toughest job he ever did. So I will be voting for the man I want to be Prime Minister, which John Major described as the third toughest job he ever did. So, yes, I shall vote for Sunak on the grounds, quite simply, that he's been Financial Secretary to the Treasury. He has been. Chancellor of the Exchequer and I think he's now ready to be Prime Minister.
0: I mentioned the most recent book in uh, this of course being the fifth in the William Warwick series it is How Do You Protect the World's Most Famous Woman and interestingly instead of an epilogue you have at the end of it an apology uh, where you talk about the work that goes into the level of research within the book and an apology, I think you, got, you chose to put a different date on the proms was as far as you're, <laughs> you're willing to accept in the inaccuracies.
1: Yeah.
0: In terms of the research, there's a load of stuff about special boat service operations, there's COBRA meetings, there's um, processes and protocols around close protection from Scotland Yard. How do you find out all of that stuff? Because I assume it's fairly closely guarded secrets.
1: Well, I have working with me a um, chief superintendent, Johnny Sutherland, who was head of the murder squad and sadly left the Metropolitan Police uh, uh, with a mental breakdown in what he described in his own brilliant book as one murder too many. And I have a lady called Michelle Roycroft, a detective sergeant, also retired, who was in the drug squad for 20 years. And they get about the fourth or fifth draft of the book. And I tell them to correct any mistake. I do not want anyone to read it who can find a mistake. So I have these two quite outstanding former police officers guiding me. Now, you're quite right. When I wrote next in line, when I say to them, I'm going to change the subject this time, it won't be drugs, it won't be murder, the earlier ones, everyone had a subject and the subject this time is going to be royal protection, royalty protection, and in particular, the protection of Princess Diana. I then went to Ken Wharf, who was Princess Diana's personal protection officer, gave him a copy of the book, and went through it with him. But of course, I, 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 I worked for Princess Diana in her charity work. I was uh, did auctions for her, and over the years, Got to know her very well. We became friends, and you'll you'll remember that uh, the Prime Minister chose me to be with her on the day um, she stepped back from public life and made that famous speech uh, about stepping back. I was with her all day that day because she had told the Prime Minister she wanted me to be with her all day, and it was a very great honor. And I think Mary and I became friends. We went to her home. She came to our home. We wrote to each other. And towards the end, she was phoning me. So uh, when I sat down to write about Diana, and I haven't done so for 25 years, I, th- I hope I have bought a-, a personal feel. And I'm delighted to tell you, I was nervous about how people would react, but I'm delighted to tell you, two members of the royal family have read Next in Line and written very generous, warm letters saying how much they enjoyed it.
0: Well, that, cause I was intrigued about that because you, you, when you describe her and when you have her as a character within the book, there's aspects of, of the mundanity of normal life where she is meeting people and having tea and, and coffee and all the rest of it. And then there's elements of leaning towards extramarital relationships and all of those kind of things where I would have thought it's delicate territory when you would know so closely so many around her.
1: Yes, it is, and I tried very very hard to be for it to be uh, dignified and i don't write i don't attack people that's not my style i want I'm, I want you to pay, turn the page and enjoy it but, but what I've said at the beginning of the book, as you'll remember, is the is the sentence "Is this a true story? What you have to decide, what the reader has to decide when they read about that. Did those incidents that I have written about really happen or did I make them up?
0: Did you also take a small bit of fictional vengeance by shooting a paparazzo in the head?
1: Yeah, well, (laughs) yes, and I knew him well too. He was, he's a combination of two of Diana's, uh, there were two brilliant photographers who, uh, Diana couldn't move an inch without them being under a tree behind a bus. I mean, they were, Uh, uh, Sadly, one of them has uh, uh, sadly died. But funnily enough, I I went to a memorial service yesterday, uh, Leslie Brickus' memorial service, and there was the other one who chased Diana right across the world, uh, who is now, like myself, an old man.
0: The book is next in line. How do you protect the world's most famous woman? The author is uh, Jeffrey Arzer. And Jeffrey, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Before I let you go, can I go back to what you said about Margaret Thatcher and the desire to be um, in charge in Russia rather than America because it's more exciting. Given how exciting politics is in the UK now, at 82, have you any desire to get back in?
1: I was speaking last night in Stockton, a red wall seat to 200 people And someone said, do you have any ambitions left, Geoffrey? Now you've sold 350 million books. I said, yes. I would still like to be the captain of the England cricket team. And I would still like to be prime minister. And I have to tell you that I think I've got a better chance of being prime minister than I have of being captain of the English cricket team.
0: Never give up hope, Jeffrey. Jeffrey Archer, thank you so much.
1: <laughs> thank you very much, as always. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine, on News Talk.